A new poll covering the Russian invasion of Ukraine reveals stunning information about the Democrats. Donald Trump rallies supporters in South Carolina. Plus, Kamala Harris takes heat from both Republicans and Democrats. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the state of the Democrats in a shocking new poll that reveals why things are so bad here at home. We've seen example after example after example of those on the far left who act as if they don't love America at all. They say America is a racist nation. They say America is immoral. They say capitalism is evil. The country that has been a haven for so many people who have actually escaped real oppression, racism, and tyranny is the same country that the radical left will bash as if it's the worst place on earth. Well, a new Quinnipiac poll has come out and its primary focus was Joe Biden and the ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine. It is in this context of the brave Ukrainian people that this poll uncovers the true sentiments of Americans and the results just had me stunned, then sad, then angry. To start, here are some of the findings from Quinnipiac University. First, we have Joe Biden's overall approval rating. In this latest poll, 37% approve, while 51% disapprove. It's just dismal, but here is what really stands out to me. 47% of Democrats not only approve of the job Joe Biden is doing, but they strongly approve of it. 47% of Democrats strongly approve. It's just unreal. And then 32% somewhat approve, giving Biden a 79% approval rating among Democrats. It just blows my mind. Actually, that number is down from previous months, but it is so far removed from what independents are thinking. It would be natural to assume that Republicans have a different view of Biden's job approval than Democrats. But look at the independents. 14% of independents strongly approve. That's compared to 47% of Democrats. The Dems are truly in some kind of alternate reality. Here's more. Okay, here's Biden's approval rating on his handling of Russia and Ukraine. 42% approve, 45% disapprove. So again, looking at the comparison between Democrats and independents tells the real story. Democrats give Biden a 77% approval rating on the handling of Russia-Ukraine. Independents give Biden a 37% approval. The independents are much more in line with Republicans on both Biden's overall approval and his handling of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. One area where all three political affiliations were fairly close together was on the attitudes toward Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Republicans, Democrats, and independents gave Zelensky high marks. But then the survey gets to what I consider one of the most eye-opening questions and responses that I have seen in polling. Former acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf was on Fox News this weekend, and here is how the question was described. I want to get your reaction to another poll right here because I found it very interesting here. It showed that the major majority of Americans would fight back uh, and arm themselves, stay and fight if, you know, America was invaded like the Ukrainian people. But when you break it down by party, this got me. 68% of the GOP said they would stay and fight. 
but only 40% of Democrats said they would fight. Are you surprised by that, Mr. Secretary? Okay, let's just break this down for a few minutes. The question posed by the poll was if we were in the same situation as Ukraine, meaning if a foreign country declared war on us and invaded, would you stay and fight or leave the country? Overall, 55% of those Americans polled said they would stay and fight. 38% said that they would leave. I would have hoped that that number would have been higher, but when broken down by a party affiliation, you can see what's going on. 68% of Republicans would stay and fight. 57% of independents would stay and fight. For the Democrats, the majority of them, 52% would leave. They would leave the country. I don't know what it is, but when I say that and studied the poll, I was just deflated. It's one thing to want lower taxes versus higher taxes or local control of education versus federal control. But one would hope that political affiliation would have no bearing on your willingness to fight and defend the greatest country in the world. I just don't even know what to say. The far left always has a fallback response when it comes to why they seem to bash America so much. They say they wanna change it and make it better. But do they want to fight for change in America if it means fighting to protect America from invasion? Apparently not. Apparently, they'll just go off to Canada or who knows where and leave the fighting to us. All right, next let's talk about Trump in South Carolina. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search out my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about former President Trump and his rally in South Carolina over the weekend. The rally showed once again that Trump can draw in huge crowds and deliver a message that fires up the crowd, hits on all the issues, and takes it to Joe Biden. It still amazes me that with all this happening now, we had some Republicans who said, I'm going to vote for Biden because I just don't like those mean tweets. Well, I'd sure love to see some of those mean tweets now. Here's Trump on Joe Biden and the Democrats. For the past year, we've watched in horror as everything Joe Biden touches turns into a calamity and a total disaster. It's one train wreck after another. He abolished our southern border. Have you ever seen anything like it? He triggered massive inflation. There were more COVID deaths in 2021 than all of 2020. And hospitalization shattered every record, even while Biden imposed illegal mandates all over the place. He ordered the Department of Justice to spy on patriotic parents. He crippled American energy. He disgraced our nation with his humiliating surrender in Afghanistan. There's never been a lower point in the history of our country. Issue after issue after issue, Joe Biden has failed the American people. He is pushing a far left agenda, and yet the media told us he was a moderate. People said Biden is nicer, more of a uniter, and yet parents were targeted by the Biden administration. Biden said voter ID laws, which all racial and ethnic groups favor, was the new Jim Crow. Biden labeled people who disagreed with keeping the filibuster as domestic enemies. And of course, he targeted those who were unvaccinated, even though every single person in this country, whether vaccinated or not, can carry and transmit the virus. Biden peddles division whenever he can. So what does Trump want to do? He wants to clean house of Biden and the Democrats, but he doesn't stop there. 
If you want chaos, if you want crime, if you want carnage, you must immediately vote for radical Democrats because they will give it to you. That's what they're doing. Look at every city that's run by the Democrats. If you want safety, security, and strength, vote for America First Republicans this November. But before we can defeat the Democrats, socialists, and communists at the ballot box this fall, we first have to defeat the rhinos and grandstanders in the primaries earlier this year. The rhinos, those rhinos are no good. I don't know, in many ways, they're as bad as the Democrats and sometimes worse. I just remember during Trump's first two years in office, how the Republican establishment fought him on Obamacare, fought him on border security. We need conservatives in Congress who will put America first. And as for the rally, Trump talked about the 2022 elections and even hinted at 2024. This is the year we are going to take back the House. We are going to take back the Senate and we are going to take back America. And in 2024, we are going to take back that beautiful, beautiful White House. I wonder who will do that. I wonder, I wonder. So will he run or won't he? If he does, who does he pick as his VP? Let me know in the comments. All right, next let's talk about Kamala Harris's recent foreign trip after a word from our sponsor. I wanna tell you about my friends over at World Fair. If you have a photo of your childhood home, your favorite travel spot, your hometown football stadium, whatever it is, World Fair takes that photo and turns it into a hand-drawn work of art. These sketches make great gifts, moving announcement cards, invitations, and more. So many possibilities that World Fair can do for you. And all you need is a photo. Just use the link in the description and use coupon code BOBBY13 for 10% off your next purchase. Okay, next let's talk about Kamala Harris because her recent foreign trip is drawing criticism from both sides of the political spectrum. Joe Biden is bad, we all know that, but Harris actually has lower approval ratings than Biden in many polls. And yet she is the one being sent on trip after trip after trip. But why? She can't do the job, and yet Biden keeps sending her. Remember when she was, I guess she still is, the border czar? In that role, she gave us this classic interview response. I, I'm here in Guatemala today I, at some point. You know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this, whole, this, whole, this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. She hadn't been to the border and she hadn't been to Europe either. Well, Biden has a solution for that. He'll send Harris to talk to leaders in Romania and Poland regarding the conflict in Ukraine. The world is looking for leadership and Joe Biden sends Kamala Harris. The result, well, you get it, it's something like this. I'd like to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a friend in need is a friend in need. <laughs> okay, I, I can first. Okay, so this time. She has no clue what is going on. And now even Democrats are shaking their heads. In a recent interview on Fox News, host Brian Kilmeade brought in a Republican and a Democrat to talk about Harris's recent trip. Here's former Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, Monica Crowley. It is astonishing that she is still so bad at this. She seems to be in a perpetual state of nervous breakdown. I mean, I can't understand it. We all knew that she was in way over her head. She should not be anywhere near the levers of power, certainly not near any kind of sensitive diplomatic negotiations uh, like what she was with Poland and with the Romanian president just right. a couple of days ago. And, you know, it's bad enough when she makes a hash of domestic issues. But when she is in the middle of issues of war and peace and life and death, it is catastrophic for this nation and for our allies. You can't argue with that. It's one thing to botch a statement on the domestic front or do an interview on charging an electric car where she keeps squeezing the charger as if she's pumping electricity. That really happened. But on the world stage, countries are looking to American leadership. And a failure on that front has ramifications in China, Russia, North Korea, everywhere. But that was Monica Crowley. Here are comments from Democrat strategist David Schoen. And I was embarrassed. This is not a Democratic and Republican issue. This is an issue of transcendent foreign policy uh, needs and concerns of the United States. And she came up not only short, but the laughter, the failure to unequivocally say we will do anything we can for the Ukrainian people to provide as much support as possible sadly means that I have to agree with Monica. I wish I could disagree, but as a Democrat and an American first, I think this was tragic and very, very, very sad. How much longer are we going to put politics ahead of foreign policy? Harris can't handle the job, yet over and over again, she gets sent out there. Someone on the Biden team must realize how bad she is, right? I mean, this affects America as a country. Maybe they do realize it, but it doesn't seem to bother them. All right, next, I want to give a quick update on Robert Francis O'Rourke, because this guy is running for office again, like he thinks he's entitled to an office. He's a member of the far-left radical elite, and he is owed an office. That's what he thinks. He tried for the Senate and lost. He ran for president and lost. Now he's running for governor here in Texas, and he's demonstrating that he stands for absolutely nothing. Remember how his far-left ideology came out in the presidential race? Here's a Beto on guns. You've gone further. You said, quote, Americans who own AR-15s and AK-47s will have to sell them to the government, all of them. You know the critics call this confiscation. Are you proposing taking away their guns, and how would this work? Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. He's so lame and rudderless. He will go wherever the political winds take him. Now that he's running for governor of Texas, here was a recent response on guns. Speaking to reporters, O'Rourke also took a question about his controversial stance on guns and those 2019 remarks about taking away AR-15s and AK-47s. I'm not interested in taking anything from anyone. What I want to make sure that we do is defend the Second Amendment. I want to make sure that we protect our fellow Texans far better than we're doing right now. 
and that we listen to law enforcement. So that was guns. How about critical race theory? Democrats and those on the radical left have been pushing it in our schools. But now, since he's a candidate for governor of Texas, this is how O'Rourke now feels about the issue. And I think you and I probably are both on the same page as well. Um, we, we don't uh, see CRT being taught in our schools right now. It is, it's a course that is taught in law school. No, I don't think it should be taught in, in our schools, yeah. So what's next? Tax cuts and smaller government? Beto is going to get beat by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. There's no doubt about it. The real question is whether Robert Francis will finally get the hint and maybe try some other profession. All right, friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Wednesday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.